should I know? Well, I'm missing, what's the stop? Look, I'm missing, feel alive, to be alive all around. Anyone, you know I promise, not everyone, you can feel on it, feel alive, to be alive all around. Sound me out, hear me speak. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to an NL Central podcast. Coming to you from BanishToThePen.com. I'm Brandon Lee of Banish to the Pen, and uh, I'm joined today by a couple of past contributors to Banish to the Pen, but still out there writing about the National League Central. We've got Alex Crisofoli. Hello, Alex. Hi, Brandon. How you doing? Ah, not bad, not bad. Alex is writing over at, uh, at Viva Alberto's now. That's correct. All right, awesome. And then we've also got Eric Roseberry of Red Reporter. Hello, Eric. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Um... I want to start off uh, by by asking you guys kind of a a uh, a big bigger picture question for for us and for the next thirty minutes. Um, not to discuss it for thirty minutes, but as as one topic of discussion. But why why a divisional podcast? Why NL Central and why twenty sixteen? I've been asking myself that the same question as that fan for weeks at this point. Uh huh. This was a terrible time to do this. Uh huh. <laughs> See, so as 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 a Cubs fan, I am I am actually the opposite. I'm feeling super excited, super excited about twenty about twenty sixteen more than pretty much any other year being alive as a Cubs fan. Well, I uh, I'm excited as well. I'm watching the Cardinals Cubs game on my television right now. What, which is Fowler, happening? Which is happening now? As as we're recording. Happening right now, and Fowler just smoked a home run in center field. I think I just saw estimated distance 440 feet. Woo. But to uh, so one nothing Cubs, uh, boo. But to answer your question, um, I thought this would be fun because I enjoy talking baseball with you too. But also. I thought if I'm going to be talking baseball with you two, I should be talking about the NL Central because that's where 90% of my baseball knowledge um, is probably uh, directed to. So if we were to be doing an AL West podcast, I would not be a very good guest. <laughs> but also, I, I, you know, last season, in 2015, three teams from the NL Central made the playoffs. Uh, that's and, right. And so this is... So this is this is kind of like the this is the hotbed of the National League right now. It's a very interesting division because you have what you just said last year. It's 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 very top heavy in that you know the Cubs, Cardinals, Pirates won between ninety seven and one hundred games last year, and that same thing could happen again this year, and who knows what order. Um, and then you have the Reds and Brewers who are currently rebuilding, and so it makes for a very odd division in that you hope to beat up on the very weak, on the two weak teams if you're the Cardinals, Cubs, and Pirates, and, and kind of weak. Sorry, Eric, but but and kind of, and kind of holds your serve against the the other really good teams, um, and so in that case, it makes it for a very interesting division. And there's there's a lot of good characters in this division too. Um, you got all the young guys with the Cubs. Um, you have the Cardinals, who are just a lightning rod for a lot of things, whether it's you know, <laughs> good and bad. Stuff yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's just a fun division. 
Oh, and pir- and the pirates had uh, retro uniforms this weekend. Uh, we those those were awesome. We love that. Those. Yeah, yeah, totally. Those were great. Um, and this is this is our first episode. Uh, this is the first episode of NNL Central podcast. Again, this is NNL Central podcast. Um, but we're we'll we'll see how far we go. Well, we want to do this weekly, right? Uh, we tried last week. Yeah, we That's tried. Cool. Yeah, we tried. We tried last week, and uh, we had some we had some technical difficulties. Um, but uh, the the actually the the landscape of the division changed uh, significantly uh, significantly since since the first time we tried recording. Uh, the the question was asked in what we will call the lost podcast. Um, <laughs> what when the Cardinals would overtake the Reds in second place in the division, and uh, uh, I said. I, I was giving the Reds until the end of the month. Eric, you were also giving the Reds until the end of the month. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and Alex said uh, Alex said Tuesday, and here we are on Monday, and <laughs> and St. Louis is two games back, and Cincinnati is three games back. So I uh, will. So Alex, I'll, congratulations! Me, you won. You won this. Uh, there, there's, there's no prize, but you. Hey, won. before he gloats, the Reds have the best home record in the division. So there's still some something to play for. See, I remember, well, I, I, re, I remember the folly of the of the best of the good home record because that that sounds like the a thing I used to say about the the mid two thousand Chicago Bulls. Ah, uh, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be small victories this year, Brandon. The Heinrich Ben Gordon teams, right? A, a small number of victories, Eric. No, well, both, both. Uh, when your bullpen is a dumpster fire, there's there's not much you can do. Eric, if you could um, guess a win total for the Reds right now, based on what you've seen in the first two weeks, uh, what, what are you what are you thinking? Uh, I still think around seventy. Okay. Uh, that depends because with Jay Bruce is off to a hot like some of their question mark guys are off to a hot start. There's a good chance they're going to sell off all those guys at the All-Star break. If that happens, it'd be lower than that. But if they keep the core together, probably around 70. Okay. That seems fair. Bruce is going to get traded. He almost was. He was, he, uh, he, was, he, was, he was like a Blue Jay for a minute. He's apparently learned how to hit to the opposite field, so things are uh, moving in the right direction for Jay. That is a, that is a real skill. That is a real skill. Uh, let's uh, we'll we'll run down the standings real quick here. As of this is before Monday's games, uh, April eighteenth. Uh, we have we have the Chicago Cubs in first at nine and three, St. Louis Cardinals in second at seven and five. Cubs and Cardinals are playing each other tonight. Um, we have Pittsburgh in third place at seven and six. Cincinnati in fourth place at six and six, and then Milwaukee in fifth at five and seven uh not not a lot of not a lot of surprising things about the about the standing so far really well what i think is a bit surprising is that the cubs are nine and three and hayward rizzo brian none of these guys are hitting the cover off the ball it kind of scares me you know it's like it seems like they almost haven't even gotten going yet yeah, the 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 pitching the pitching has has 
pitching really like has that. really been doing well yeah. so far. Uh, and I'm looking here just on the on the front page of of uh, Baseball Reference, and Dexter Fowler has already has already accumulated one WAR. That's right. He is. He's been killing the ball. Like I said, he just hit a solo home run to break the zero zero score uh, in this game. And Brandon, if you're looking at it right now, is is Hazel Baker still second or third? Um, let's see here. Uh, I take take a guess as to as to who is currently second. Take a guess as to who is currently second. It's not. Uh, it's not Hazel Baker. Second what? Is it's not Aledmus Diaz, is it? It is Aledmus Diaz. <laughs> really? Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Good for him. This is uh, Eric. This is accumulated WAR so far in uh, in the National League in twenty sixteen. Oh, will you? Uh, will he play much when Tejada comes back? I hope so. So Tejada. Is back with the team, and um, Greg Garcia sent back down to Memphis. And Diaz has done nothing but show that he should be the regular shortstop. I, you know, Tejada Tejada's a fine a fine player, a fine backup, but Diaz has has really been hitting the ball, and I see no reason why he shouldn't be the everyday shortstop until he stops hitting the ball. Uh, you know, he's had a few defensive miscues, but he's also made some, you know, he, and he's not expected to be a really good defensive player, um, and he's already had a few errors, but he's, he's made some nice plays as well, and overall he's been serviceable in the field. Um, so if he can keep hitting, um, I think they might have a nice situation there with Diaz. If, if he's all of a sudden sitting for Tejada, people are going to be pretty upset, and rightfully so. Actually, I'm seeing it's it's it is of no use to look at the war leaderboards this early in the season, but I'm but I but I'm seeing quite a few Cardinals uh, in the top. Oh, because they just played the Reds. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Cubs played the Reds. Yeah, uh, and you all had an offensive bonanza. <laughs> the Cardinals also played the Braves, who I think are going to be the worst team in all of baseball this year. That's a really bad team. Actually, uh, you know, it was it was it w- it was kind of fun with uh, with the Braves and the and the Twins both being winless and then sweeping. Wait, the, the Braves swept um, the Marlins. They, did they? Okay, I didn't even know. I didn't even notice. Okay. Yeah, and the Twins swept the Angels. I had no idea. It's the effectively wild curse. Well, okay. curse or reverse curse, I don't know, something like that. Hey, Brandon. Yeah, what's up there? Can I ask you about uh, Lester real quick? Yeah, sure, you can ask me about Lester. Here's what I'm disappointed about. Okay. I feel like the one manager in baseball who would bunt with every hitter at John Lester is John Lester's manager, and uh-huh. so we'll never see somebody do it. It's, uh, it's, it's no wait, but they've uh, they they were in the same division for a while. Who was man? I mean, when Madden but was in the no, that this was a problem at that time. Uh, I guess yeah, maybe, that's, that's a good point. I guess maybe it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was because I feel like if Joe Madden's facing John Lester one through nine, they're bunting up the middle until he throws the ball to first base. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, then then Lester's kind of (laughs) lucky. Does this scare you at all? Nah. I mean, it it would scare me if, like, uh, you know, if if the Cubs and Royals were to play in the World Series. Sure. Then then that would scare me. Um, Because because I think the Royals would do it, too. I mean, the Royals have done it, basically. Exploit exploit Lester as, as much as they possibly could. Oof. Can't, well, um, will Mike Matheny do it, Alex? No. Uh, <laughs> by, by <laughs> Too much respect for the game. He, uh, and to be frank, I wouldn't want him to do that. But uh, no, I, I don't think Matheny would do that. Although they were pretty aggressive with running on him uh, last year. Although a lot of that was Hayward, and obviously that won't be a factor this year. Uh, one of the great things about Lester, though, is... I feel um, anytime he's pitching, I want to watch just for that one component to see to see if he throws yeah, to so, first. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't need to be paying attention until really there's a man on, and then I'm just like I'm glued to the television. Uh, it's just it's just so. Uh, and I'm, I don't mean to say this in a disparaging way. He's an awesome pitcher. It's just it's fascinating to me in the same way, like uh, you know the the yips or whatever you want to call it. It's just so, such an interesting thing in sports. That throw to first was so bad on that bump this oh, week. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> he was... still got the guy out, right? He did. He was so bad. I'm watching. Oh, no, no. Uh-oh. What? This inning's getting away from the Cardinals. Jesus. I just watched this play again, and it it I've it's not the first. I, I've seen it multiple times now, but it it <laughs> uh, I it's it's amazing to me. Just. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, and it's funny because on on Friday's game, uh, I was I was there. I was at the game on Friday, and Anthony Rizzo made a throw kind of like that, where, where it's kind of like it. where he's where he's trying to make a throw, and then the ball, it looks like he was throwing the ball at the ground, but you know he wasn't because he's a professional baseball player, right? So of course he wasn't throwing the ball at the ground, but that's that is just what it looked like. Yeah. And and the and nothing happened on the play. Everybody was safe, but I guess at least Lester got an out. I don't know. It's fun to so, watch. It's funny to watch. It is very. Let me tell you what just happened in this uh, Cardinals game because I was just talking up Aladdin's <laughs> Diaz. Um, Cubs had had a man on runners first and second, no outs. Um, hard hit grounder to shortstop. I want to stress that it was a the ball was smoked, um, but it would have been a double play most likely had he fielded it cleanly he does not field it cleanly and then he picks it up and throws it over brandon moss's head at first base so a run scores now the cubs have a runner at second and third with no outs so this game could get away from the cardinals real quick all right save uh you know say that i i would be totally okay with that i would totally be okay with that 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 is a that is a desirable outcome for my team i would support it Eric, I wanna I wanna ask you. You wrote something this weekend about uh, about why this is the best season to be a Reds fan. Can, Let me tell can, you why. Yeah, walk us through this. Walk us through why it's the best Please. season to be a Reds fan. Here's why being a Reds fan is more enjoyable than being a Cubs and Cardinals fan this year. And I know how silly this sounds. We have no expectations, Brandon. I get the feeling if the Cubs don't win the World Series this year. Is that that'll be the only good outcome for you? Um, is that fair? There, I I uh, 
Well, this is this is totally a sidebar parking lot thing. No, no, <laughs> not necessarily. But please continue. Would you say for the bulk of the fan base, it's World Series or bust? I would say that for some people, it's World Series or bust. Well, no, that's that's an unenjoyable way to live your life. <laughs> I I think so. That's why I'm not doing it. That's why I'm All not living life like that. Is, look. We know we're not going to the playoffs. Honestly, we got a little excited with the 5-1 and one start. Uh, the worst part of it was Brandon Finnegan pitches seven no-hit innings in Chicago. Opening day for at Wrigley, Brandon Finnegan's throwing a no-hitter into the seventh. Cubs come back and win the game. And I laid in bed for a few minutes sad. I, I laid in bed for a few minutes completely elated. <laughs> And I started to wonder, how how can I enjoy this season? And I said, you know what? There's no expectations. We can enjoy, hey, if we win an unexpected series, that's fun. If somebody has unexpected success, we can just enjoy that. I said, you know what? Without the expectations, we can just enjoy the ride. I can have fun along the way. If they lose, it shouldn't make me too upset because it was expected. So, you know what? All in all, this isn't too bad of a deal. That was the gist of the argument. There's no weight to this season. Do you have Do you have things to look forward to? Like, do you feel like Do you feel like is there Is there a player that you love watching that you are willing to to tune in every day for? Or are there minor leaguers who, when they come up, you're going to say, you know what, this is this is worth watching? Oh yeah, I think I think any Reds fan would say. The opportunity to get to watch Joey Votto play baseball every day, even though he's struggling to start the season, you're always going to enjoy that. Uh, and there really is some, uh, one of the kind of unexpected things that's come out of the season so far is I think a majority of Reds fans have changed their minds about the Johnny Cueto trade. Because I think when that trade happened, there's a lot of head scratching. Did we get enough? Do we, Brandon Finnegan, who came over, uh, outside of some command issues, he's pitching really well this season. Cody Reed came over as part of that deal. I think he's easily the pitching prospect people are most excited about. John Lamb came over in that deal. He'll be back in the starting rotation when he's back from the DL. Uh, and so I think if anything good's come out of the season, people have changed their attitudes toward how those deals went down last season. That's what I have to look forward to. I don't have this bullpen to look forward to, which has given up four runs from the seventh inning on tonight, and we're down five to one. And, and another another Trevor Story home run. Uh, so you gotta put yeah. So I, I have a feeling the Reds bullpen will be what Trevor Story needed to get back on track. Alex, have you have you ever had a an expectationless season? <laughs> Now, I think last time we talked, I covered this a bit, but not really. Um, the uh, I'm sure in the mid-90s, there were some teams that, had I been more in tune with what was going on and not, you know, 10, 10 years old, I would have been able, or what am I talking about, 10, 10 to 15 years old, I would have been able to recognize that we weren't going to be very good. Um, but, you know, you don't those things aren't as obvious when you're that age. Uh, 
And, you know, since 90, I would say since 1996, I've gone into every year thinking, well, yeah, this team should make the playoffs or, or could make the playoffs. So um, not not really and certainly not a total rebuild uh, um, like kind of what the Reds and Brewers uh, are going through right now where you just knew, you know, you kind of had to uh, look forward to a couple of years down the road. And Well, Brandon, one of the comparisons I made, maybe you felt this a little bit. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. Grew up as a diehard Kentucky basketball fan. One of the points I'm making in the piece is I find some joy in watching them play, but it's largely I'm disappointed or upset when they lose, and I'm relieved when they win because they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, we, we've got some interest outside of baseball here, so we'll talk about it. Did you... With that 72-win Bulls team, was it more of a relief when they won the title? It's weird because – well, Alex, Alex, you're a Bulls fan too, so uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Feel, so feel free to chime in on this. I – you know, there, there was never a sense of – it, it seems weird, and maybe it's, it's some sort of like uh, – Ten-year-old uh, cockiness that I might have had at the time, but like there, there wasn't. I, I, I never actually thought they would lose. Like it wasn't necessarily yeah. a relief. It was kind of like a, a, a coronation at the end. You know, like the, uh, I, I didn't. They were they were up three zero on the Sonics, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You're one hundred percent correct. They, yeah. Uh, it before before like the Sonics won two games, yeah, if they had lost. Right, right. And like I would say, even though the the Warriors broke their record, um, like there was an article in Sports Illustrated, it was a cover story saying, "Are the Bulls so good? It's bad for the NBA." Because it was so obvious they were going to win the title. Like what Brandon just said, it never dawned on me that there was a chance that they could lose, ever. Um, I've never been more confident in a team winning um, than I was with that team in any sport. I would say. Um, but and, then what to your was, point, and then what was it? Like one loss in the playoffs before the finals, right? Like So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to – that's a good question. Did they play – was that – did they play like the Charlotte Glenn Rice teams in the opening round when they still did three of five? I love how we're talking about the 96 Bulls on this NL Central podcast. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I – 15 and 3 sounds pretty close to right in terms yeah. of their record in that playoffs. Yeah. And um, n- not only that, but, you know, they went 72 and 10, and they won every game but two by double figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, no, no, scratch that. Every game they lost, I, I totally said that. I, I totally said that, that so wrong. They lost 10 games, and only two of them did they lose by double figures. Uh huh, uh huh. Right, right, right. Like, like they lost a lot of close. Those games, I mean, they could have been seventy six and six. Right. They they were just that good. Yeah, and it was but, they, they beat the Miami Heat three zero, Knicks four okay. one, Magic sweep, and then four. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that Matt. That was the and then four that two. Was such they just they just destroyed them. Revenge, revenge series. Yes, yes. Okay, well, since you guys haven't felt that feeling. Uh, no, my whole point to Reds fans is it was... I think it, 98. Actually, you know what? 98. 98 felt like a relief. The Pacers. Um, that Pacers series. Yeah, because it, really pa- it was the Pacers series, and then uh-huh. and then it was almost like... Because then, you know, games going into... If it, if, it, if, if it turned into Game 7 in Utah, you know, like that would have been... I, I would have... 
I would have been a wreck. You know, I was a wreck anyway, right? I was a wreck anyway yeah. for Game 6. But Game 7 in Utah? Like, no way. I, I would not want that. Even with Jordan, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it was... So that so was a relief. All, all 98 was a relief. Fans was just... You get to watch baseball for fun. Just enjoy it. You know we're not going to win. And just if the pressure's not on... Maybe it's a little more enjoyable than what some other teams are experiencing this year. I did find the I did find the twenty fourteen I did find the twenty fourteen Cubs pretty fun. Um and there were no there were no expectations to the twenty fourteen Cubs. You know, once after it was after the trade deadline where some of the players started getting called up. Solaire got called up, Baez got called up, and I think they were oh man, here's the the half season going 500 for a half season but i think they were ha- they were 500 from august 1st on or something like that 500 uh after the all-star break and and it felt like this is building towards something right and it wasn't like we were building towards a playoff spot but we were building towards something for the future and i could kind of watch with with my eye towards that uh and not think too and not and not have too much emotional energy go into the game at hand. Hey, hey Brick, uh, you know why? Rick. Do you know why Alex hasn't updated us on the Cubs Cards game lately? Uh, I I saw it was three nothing. What's it's it now? Four nothing because John Lackey got an John Lackey single. Oh, that's incredible. Speaking of the 2014 Cubs, though, um, certainly no one, or at least I don't, fault the Cubs for. Snatching up Joe Madden, even though he's horrible, um, w- when they did. But Rick Renteria deserves a job somewhere. He does. He does. And you know what? He's. I, I'm gonna. I'm putting it out there. All right. This is. This is not based on any inside sources. I have no sources within the White Sox organization. But I think Rick Renteria will be full time manager at some point this season for the White Sox. What, what? Really? I think so. I think Interesting. so. Well, so, why do you say that? I I I think I don't think Robin's going to make it the season. I think there's they had a they had a, a they're having a good start right now, mm-hmm. the White Sox. Uh but I think they're I think they're going to kind of come back to earth a little bit and then they won't they won't excel in the way that management thinks they should and there's going to and they're going to make a change, and it's going to be Renteria coming in to manage, probably on an interim basis for the rest of the season. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling he's there as kind of manager and waiting type. No, no, Edge. Okay, I'm about to sound really stupid right now, but is he with the White Sox right now? And some. Yeah, yeah, he's our bench coach. He's our bench coach. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I, I didn't know that. Um, well, that's good. I, that's I'm happy for him because I thought. Um, he kind of got a raw deal. He did get that. I, I don't. Drafted, I don't blame yeah. the Cubs at all. I, I think every team, a lot of teams, would have done the same thing. But I. That's good because I thought. I'm. I'm happy to hear that that he is in a pretty good job right now, and yeah. that would be interesting. If he did get the full time gig with the Sox for sure, and I think I think that's the popular opinion around most baseball observers that, oh. that Renteria got a bit of a raw deal with the Cubs, um, and from a from a baseball do anything you have to to win perspective. Of course, the Cubs made the right move, but at the same time, there's a human element, and Rick Renteria, baseball lifer, long time, second in command for for 
multiple teams, well, Padres mostly, get screwed because because the the best manager becomes available. Yeah. Uh, Alex, I want to ask you about a piece that you wrote today and is pertinent for the the series at hand. Uh, the title the title of the article is "There's nothing wrong with booing Jason Hayward." Expound, please. <laughs> okay, so there's been this ongoing discussion. Uh, I was about to call it a war, but it's not a war. Uh, in with Cardinal fans of how Hayward should be treated um, tonight when he returns uh, to Bush Stadium. And, by the way, he just made a beautiful diving catch. It was such a nice catch. I'm so upset. Um, <laughs> he's so good in right field. I'm I'm going to miss watching him play for the Cardinals. Um, so there's been two camps that was basically like, you know, there's absolutely no reason to boo him at all. Um, you know, he, you know, he doesn't owe us anything, blah, 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 blah. Um, we should just be happy for the one year we got him. Um, and I agree with, with the math there. I just don't agree with the final answer. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, Hayward never chose to be a Cardinal. He was only obligated to play for the Cardinals for one season. And, and in that one season, he played exceptionally well. I think there's a, you can make a strong argument that we don't win the NL Central without him. He became a free agent. Um, he was a no more. He he was in no way obligated to sign with the Cardinals and any you know any more than he was ob- to, obligated to sign with any other team. Um, but the minute he signs with the team we despise, we can absolutely boo him. In fact, we'd be stupid not to. He should absolutely be booed um, every chance we get. Um, and it's not, when I say boo, I, when I think of booing, I, I think of it as kind of like a good natured backhand, a compliment thing. Um, and so maybe my error is thinking that's how everyone else thinks of booing as well. I'm sure there's, you know, other people who are booing because they're truly angry at someone, you know, or something like that. Whereas I just thinking that I was like, ah, it's that Hayward guy, boo, you know, like that. And I think he should absolutely get that treatment. Um, and again, it's a backhanded compliment. It's acknowledging, like, man, we really wish you were on our team. You chose to not be in our team. You chose to play for our rival team. So <clears throat> the way the world works is you get booed. You know, it's it's interesting because I think of is, wait. Let me ask you though: is that an un, is that really an unfair take though? No, no, I, mean, I don't think I don't think it's an unfair I don't think it's an unfair take. And here's. And here's here's where I'm coming from, and tell me if I'm off base here, because I think of. Okay, so also tell me if there's if there's a, a if if I'm if I'm off base with with my preconceived notion about about the best fans in baseball stereotype, wherein wherein there wherein Cardinals fans tend to cheer for opposing players and that is part of their nature as being the best fans in baseball right like 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 booing is not uh is not a an action that is done by right. the best fans in baseball and but... and it is and it is un it is un bfib like to to go that route <laughs> i will say here's the difference brandon there's never been precedent for this situation. 
where there's been a highly coveted free agent who was on the Cardinals that we went after with all of our might, just like the Cubs did, and we lost a highly publicized, bitter um, bidding war to the Cubs, right? And then that's, he, that's you right. know, that's right. There's never been another situation. You know, this isn't. Um, you mean you weren't? You, you mean you weren't bidding on Gary Gaetti? Right. No, you know, yeah, exactly. Like this isn't Skip Schumacher coming back to town. You know, this is a guy. It's 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 you know, if a if a girlfriend if if a girl dumps you and leaves you for a a a guy who's better than you, you're not like, "Ah, oh, well, I totally get why she did that. That guy's better than me." Like good well, for I, her. I, like, oh, I I probably would I I probably would think that, right? I, defeatist well, attitude. I would think that. That might be the difference between you and I would not think that. And I, and I look at I look at Hayward the same way. You know, it's it, w- what you raise is a valid point, but my counter is that the only reason why this seems new or this seems unique to Hayward is because this situation is completely unique. Like it really, at least in my memory, this never really happened before. I, I missed it. Was was Lackey booed tonight? He was, but not like Hayward was. I see. Okay, Alex, let me ask um, you this because I've been I've been wondering this because Mike Leach pitching for the Cardinals tonight. Yeah, I don't. He was left too long, by the way. It's a yeah. It looks like he was. It's. I mean, I know it's a little different situation because he went somewhere else and then he signed. And I would boo Mike Leach as a collective Cardinal. I don't know yeah. that I feel any desire to boo him because. I, is it? Are there things Hayward did? Was it the comments he made out of town? Were there some things that made it like if it I'm, wasn't Hayward and it was someone else? Do you think you'd feel the same way? So okay, so he made the aging core comments, yeah. Um, but to me, those um, that wasn't even that big of a deal. What this boils down to is he was the free agent that we went after, the one we wanted, the one we really coveted. And he went to the team that's won not only our arch rival, but also just knocked us out of the playoffs and also just supplanted us as kind of the top dog in the NL Central. Like, that hurts, you know? That's fair. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's – in the culmination of that is what makes this such a, you know, such a crazy situation. Um, not crazy, that's probably not the right word. But it's the culmination of that which explains why there's this vitriol. And, like, you know, there should be. Like, I'm positive the Cardinals aren't the first team, you know, aren't the first fans to boo a guy who, you know, went to a rival. You know, I'm sure the, you know, the Red Sox did the same with Johnny Damon. And, you know, um, yeah, yeah. So I I think he should absolutely be booed. He plays for the Cubs. Boom. And boo all Cubs, right? Boo all, boo all Cubs, but boo Hayward just a little bit more. <laughs> just a little bit more because he's he took a look at both teams. He's the only one really, well, lackey to a lesser extent, but we didn't really want him. as We wanted him, but we really wanted Hayward. But Hayward is the only Cub who took a look at both teams and said, you know what, I'm going to go with the Cubs. And for that, he gets a little extra boo. And I don't feel the least bit bad saying that or admitting that. Do you think tenure has any like if uh, like he was there for a year? Do you yeah. think Do you think Cardinals fans would say like he's he was a Cardinal or like say no, I know you got no. you know like he's not going anywhere. But what if someone like that had done a similar thing? Would it be different? 
I mean, has Pujols has Pujols been booed? It's, he hasn't been back yet by by way oh, of it, schedule. Oh, it hasn't. The, oh, geez. Okay. No, the Angels haven't played in Bush since he. Um, so, my well, this year, this year happen. they might get it. This, do they get it this year? Because it's ALS, no, ALS this in, year. They play in Anaheim. So it's weird. The Cardinals have played twice in Anaheim since Pujols went there, I believe, but they have yet to play in St. Louis. It's a weird scheduling. Wow, that is glitz weird. Because the Cubs, wow, the so, Cubs, the Cubs get a home and home with the Angels this year, and the Cardinals don't. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but. You know, I don't know exactly how the Pujols situation would have played out. If he were to come today, I think he would get, like, a huge standing ovation. If he were to come the the first year after he left, it may there may have still been some bitter feelings. Um, but, you know, time heals a lot of that stuff. And Pujols is one of the top five Cardinals of all time. And the, and the Cubs. Top. And the, the excuse me, the, the Cardinals won a World Series without him. No, no, 2011 was our last World Oh, Series. 2011 was we the went last to one. With, won a pennant without him. So. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. And and also, he went to the Angels. He didn't. Go, if he went to the Cubs, that would have been really – he would have been booed. <gasps> now, maybe – he would have been booed like crazy. Um, maybe after a few years passed, he would have started getting cheers, um, even with the Cubs, but I don't know. But I think if he were to come back today in the Angels uniform, he would get a – a great ovation, and he would deserve it. I would be offended by anyone who would boo out Pujols, but not Hayward. Boo Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, you can check out uh, you can check out Alex's piece on Viva Albertos. The, the how many comments are the there on Cardinal site? Oh, uh, one thousand two hundred thirty-four. One thousand two hundred thirty-four <laughs> comments. One, two, three, four. Um, you. And uh, you could also check out Eric's piece, uh, why this is the best season to be a Reds fan, on Red Reporter, the uh, the SB Nation Reds site. Um, Not surprisingly, some uh, Reds fans took exception with the idea this was the best season to be a Reds fan. Some, some, some did, you know, but there... some people just can't see the big picture. Yeah, but some people can't see the big picture. And you know what, Eric? I have a I have a feeling you have you have I have a feeling you have supporters in high places like. People with perspective who can who can really see the long game here. That's that's fair to say. Yeah, um, I have I have a question here because uh, like I like I said I went to the Cubs game on Friday and one of the things that I had heard about the one of the Cubs recent signings from this offseason, Ben Zobrist uh, I I I pay attention a little bit to to player walkup music uh, at bat walkup music and. One of the things that I had read about Ben Zobrist this offseason is that his wife is a uh, is a Christian music pop artist, Christian pop music artist. Sorry, and and she provides his walk-up music. What uh, this is Juliana Zobrist, Juliana Zobrist, a uh, a a Christian pop musician, and uh, like I said, she provides. Ben Zobris walk up music and I wanted to ask Eric whether so I I'm I'm not a, a Christian rock aficionado. Um <laughs> I've I I consider myself to be a fan of um let's say uh uh Sufjan Stevens, but I've but I've never ventured into say uh Newsboys, right? So so I I wanted to ask Eric uh, Eric is is an is 
uh, a minister in Lafayette, Indiana, and I, I wanted to ask him his thoughts on the music of Juliana Zobrist. I'm going to say this delicately. Uh, I would I would probably not be listening to it in my car on the way to work in the morning. You would be listening to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. I would. I would, as Alex brought up last time we talked. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I'm not huge into uh, EDM, which the one song I had a, a chance to listen to. Uh, there was a lot of that, and uh, it's not my thing. Maybe it's somebody else's thing, but it was not my thing. It's, it's listed as Christian EDM on Wikipedia. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm going to say it's not my kind of thing either. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I've only heard about 30 seconds of a song. Uh, but uh, I would probably not have that in the rotation in the car. It's okay. I've only heard I've only heard about ten seconds of the song, and I I think it serves it serves as good enough walk up music. And you know what? If it gets Ben Zobrist pumped and he gets an extra bass hit after hearing it, then so be it. I I am I am supportive of that decision. Well, hey, speaking of music, and maybe we can uh, wrap up on this, but yeah, yeah, Brandon, you went and saw Smashing recently right i did see smashing pumpkins yes how was that i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot i was talking to alex a little bit about it via twitter and it's it's the show that i never thought i would get because uh because james eha played part of the set with the pumpkins and james eha is is a not insignificant part of why the smashing pumpkins were my first favorite band not to so not only are the Smashing Pumpkins from Chicago, but they have a Japanese-American guitarist, and I am Japanese-American. And also, they were, uh, you know, releasing a couple of albums around that time, and they were played on the alternative rock station a lot. And it, they, they became my my favorite band, not necessarily because I had a lot of angst, but because I, I was from where they were from, and and the guitarist vaguely looked like people I know, right? So mm-hmm. so seeing seeing this band, even though I was, you know, five rows from the back from the back for this show, I you know, it was it was a show I never thought I'd get and it's a show I enjoyed I I enjoyed it quite a bit. It it definitely was not a a nineties pumpkins rock show. Uh it was not Yeah, it it wasn't even a, a pumpkins revival rock show it was very much billy rearranging the songs uh in ways that i uh, i guess I, I wasn't quite expecting because i didn't listen to the i didn't listen to a lot of the 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 snippets or the uh or the nyc taper show from the from the new york shows um but but the more i think about it the more i enjoyed it i think in in the moment i kind of thought you know this is this is not how i remember these songs but at the same time they they were they were songs being performed by people who I never thought would be playing together again and that and that was significant for me plus they played uh they played uh a Zwan song um and they played uh yeah and and they they That's played a, a couple of uh, a couple of Billy Corgan solo songs which uh mm. was was weird but it, it was it was also kind of cool in a weird way so I, Siamese Dream came out right at the beginning of my freshman year of high school, and I, I would honestly come home every day, uh, 
beginning uh, first couple months of high school and play that CD and play Nerf Troop in my room. I remember it. <laughs> like that's awesome. They were also my favorite band as well. So I'm, I'm quite quite jealous that you saw that show. And happy for you as well. Well, Alex, you you were watching the Cardinals win while they were while the Pumpkins were playing in your current city of residence. That's right. I was in Atlanta for a little mini family vacation um, watching the Cardinals and Braves win. It was a much better game than the current game I'm watching, in which the Cardinals are not winning. Oh, well. Um, but that's okay. There's a lot more of these. It's okay. You can't win them all. They play, they play 162. Um, mm-hmm. Looking ahead to the week, um, the Cubs have the Cardinals now. It's a three-game set. The Reds have the Rockies. Um, they've already lost them. Yeah, they, they've they they have already lost. Um, the let me see here where where is this? The Brewers have the Twins this week, and the Pirates are playing the Padres in San Diego. And then over the weekend, uh, Eric, we are back together. The Cubs and Reds. Oh. In Cincinnati this time, the Brewers get the Phillies. And the Cardinals get the Padres. Padres. Yeah. Cardinals get the Padres, and the Pirates are at Arizona for the Diamondbacks. All right, um, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Do you have any Do you have any parting parting words, parting shots, uh, anything you want to get in before we finish? Uh, I don't. Other than I'm glad kindly uh, did this uh, on one of the. Uh, Upcoming shows, we'll have to have a uh, Pirates and Brewers guy, maybe someone from Banish the Town on to uh, get a little perspective of those two teams because, you know, we're going to talk about those two teams, but obviously we probably can't cover them quite as well as uh, one of the respective fans could. So absolutely. that's all. Absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. And I think, uh, you know, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, a season of Talking Baseball with you guys. Eric, you have anything to finish? I don't. He, uh... Alex spoke about Pirates fans. I'd like to give a shout-out to one. Uh, Rob Baines, who's a regular contributor at Vanish to the Pen. He's been uh, killing it. He's been killing it, right in the beep. I don't know if that's official, but he's yeah. killing it. Yeah. Uh, he's doing a great job, so congrats on the uh, maybe the call-up, Rob. So good job. Yeah, yeah. He's he's no longer he is he is no longer banished to the pen. He has been been called up to the rotation. Um all right, cool. So you can you can uh, catch Alex Crisofoli at Viva Albertos. You can follow him on Twitter at AlexCards79. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, cool. And then uh, Eric Eric Roseberry, you can catch him on Red Reporter and also on Twitter at Eric D. Roseberry. That's correct. Yep. Awesome. And uh, I'm Brandon Lee. You can catch me on Banish to the Pen, also in the Effectively Wild Facebook group and on Twitter at Blee Internets. That'll do it for the for an NL Central podcast. Sorry, not the NL Central podcast. This is an NL Central podcast. I'm oh, Brandon. I think the NL Central podcast. Well, you know, it is it it is on some level the NL Central podcast, but it is also an NL Central podcast. And that'll do it for this week.